Welcome to episode 71 of the Luke Winstall Show, here live from Studio 17 in Atlanta, Georgia. My next guest is a 12-year NFL vet, the co-founder of the Ultimate Gaming League, and will be hosting a tournament, Pros vs. Joe's Pro Madden Finals, featuring over a dozen pro football players to take place on Saturday, July 11th. Josh Johnson, thank you for joining me on the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure. I know for you on the field, my first question, you're coming off of a big stint in the XFL. You had MVP numbers, the highest quarterback rating in the league. I have to ask, what can the NFL learn from the XFL having played in both leagues? Um, just the importance of, of opportunity and development. Um, that's what the XFL was. It's just not a lot of it's just not a lot of opportunity just with the amount of spots available um, to give to give to me the, the best talent in the world opportunity. And I mean, they uh, part of that is development. And with the limited spots, you know, a lot of guys miss that miss the development opportunity. And uh, with having something like the XFL, you get all that. And then on top of that, just to, uh, you know the the access that the player that the fans got to see you know, players in different uh, elements outside of just you know behind the post game interview seeing guys actually respond and how they communicate and doing things throughout the game I think that was unique as well uh, but overall the main thing for me is just creating more opportunity definitely and the player access is something for me working in sports media that I'm very curious about I'm wondering from a player's perspective do you like the fact that after you make a big play You'll get interviewed. You'll be mic'd up for some, really, a lot of games. You'll have a lot of fans looking inside what you're doing on the sidelines and in the huddle. Um, for the promotion of the game, I thought it, I thought it made sense. But as a player, you know, uh, for me, I, I didn't really, I didn't really uh, buy into it too much. But I had, I felt like I had to do a lot of communicating during the game, just being on the same page with everybody. And so that wasn't really my focus. But you know, I mean, from the standpoint, some guys like to. Some guys want to grow their brand, want to grow themselves in the national spotlight. And I mean, I think that's a unique way of doing it because you get to really see a person's raw emotions, especially in football, which is such a heightened emotion sport. So uh, I think, I mean, for myself personally, it, it, uh, it took away a little bit from what I was doing, but I enjoyed it. But I think as a whole, I think a lot of guys appreciated it. And when you say it took away a little, what do you mean by that? Just the elements of it's, it's a distraction. Sometimes you know you gotta have you gotta do an interview, have a mic in your face when you need when you kind of refocusing on what just happened, like replaying plays back in your head, things of that nature. Communicating one of your teammates, but you can't find them because they over there doing the interview. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just stuff like that. But I mean, you learn you learn to adjust just like anything else. Like I wasn't complaining, but it just it was just something different for me. Now. Being in the NFL through all of this technology with Microsoft Surfaces and everything on the sideline to what the XFL had as well, did you ever have a piece of technology that you were able to use during a game that you thought was just really transcendent and really cool? Um, it was one year they had tried the tablets and that uh, they had the video playback. I thought that would have transcended the game completely because the pictures now, they don't they give you still shots. You don't get to see the whole moment and you kind of misinterpret the still shots. But that video playback was like pretty much after every series, you was going back to rewatch the film and you would just see so much stuff. And uh, I thought they only did it in preseason. Um, I think a lot of defensive coordinators <laughs> get their defenses exposed like that because they try to, you know, keep you off balance, especially early in the game until you figure out the flavor of the day that they that they really trying to do on you. But uh, I think those tablets gave away the flavor of the day pretty fast because you got to play back the whole script. 
and you can see everything, movements, keys, guys, body language, what they were saying, doing. So I thought that was transcendent, but they took it away. Okay. Would you like that to come back? Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure as a quarterback, that's Hell very yeah. helpful. Hell yeah. <laughs> In the NFL, you played for 13 different teams. The most I've ever heard of anyone suiting up for is Shane Graham with 16. Mm-hmm. you've had a lot of teammates in that time, and I've heard a rumor. Is it true that you've used Madden to learn the names of your teammates? Hell yeah. Uh, actually, when I got to uh, Washington, um, the Redskins, it was, it was, it was kind of uh, pretty much what I needed to do because I went from uh, not knowing not knowing anybody that's learning the plays to having to go in there and play. And then uh, from there, I needed to know who I was playing with. And uh, Madden gives you a good breakdown of guys. You tell me they update the rosters weekly so you can know who's active, who's not active. Uh, they give you a little general glimpse of who may be fast or whatnot so you can have a little bit of baseline understanding of what these guys are. And so I did do that when I was playing for the Redskins. That is not a rumor. That's a fact. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing that I've read about you is you've got a really cool family tree. Your cousins with Marshawn Lynch and Marcus Peters, both of which you seem to have good relationships with. Playing with Marshawn growing up, what's your favorite story from your time with him? I mean, always just him bouncing off the walls, being energetic, and then now uh, using that for football. But our greatest, I think, high school, just uh, seeing what he did in high school, uh, pretty much he did the same thing in Seattle when everybody really realized that he was beast mode. And so I saw that same type of run in our high school championship to win the game. And so that, that that's a memory and a moment. Uh, the funnest, the greatest, and one of the most memorable times of my life. And then to be able to see it twice, I thought that's what I remember for sure. Was there ever a moment or a play, whether it be in a game, in practice, you guys messing around, where you said, this guy's got big potential, he could be beast mode? Uh, since forever. <laughs> so I was always good. He was always good. And as he developed, he just... He was like, he's, he's probably the best athlete that I know. Just all around, can do everything. Fast, strong, athletic, uh, laterally move, uh, smart. I think he's a complete player. He's always been that way, though. Well, I know you've got the Fam First Foundation with Marshawn. What motivated you guys to do that and found that together? Um, just honestly having a football camp in Oakland. And just seeing the impact that it had on the community at that time, where we was a community that was hurting, uh, and they just bring our community back together. And then uh, transitioned from there, just seeing that, that impact. And then we, we had a great team around us of people to really show us the ropes of what we can do with that impact. And now where we are today with a youth center, uh, educational programs, uh, essential programs, how I would see it, because we servicing families, uh, not just kids anymore, adults. Uh, we created job opportunities for people in our community and doing that. But everybody who's from the Oakland community, I think it's, it's grown into a beautiful thing to see. Well, now to pivot and talk about the Ultimate Gaming League, which I've read is helping to benefit the Fam First Foundation. I want to take it back to the beginning with you and video games. When did you first fall in love with video games and gaming? When I had an Atari. Do you remember Atari? <laughs> I think that's actually a little before my time, to be honest. Exactly. See, <laughs> <laughs> the Atari since day one, man. I I came out. I had Atari. I remember when after Atari, we got Nintendo, 
And from Nintendo, we got Sega, and we got Super Nintendo. My mom worked at Toys R Us, so, you know, we was trying to get all the games for Christmas. And then uh, it just evolved, and I've, I've never stopped playing, even when people used to get mad, come over to the house, because I'd be playing all the weekend. So I just kept doing it, and now to see where it's at now, to where it's a whole community of lifestyle, it's just pretty dope. How did the UGL, the Ultimate Gaming League, come about? Um, just, you know, three guys from Oakland coming together. Um, I had uh, Chuck and uh, Brad wanted to get into the esports. I had already had a Madden tournament uh, of my own, just being a gamer, and uh, we thought it would be good. Uh, we we saw the potential of the esports uh, esports market, and so we just wanted to create a community, a brand, that uh, where we could bring community of gamers together. And now we just evolved into a whole a lot more, and it's exciting to see where this thing is going. Now you've got this tournament coming on July 11th. Can you tell us a little bit about how the concept came about? Because you're featuring NFL players, obviously yourself, Marcus Peters. A lot of guys with big names that are playing for some really good teams here. Um, it started with with just the original uh, thing that we do. First, we had it in person. It was a, uh, it was just me myself, and we had like a local uh, tournament, a launch at a, uh, a bar called Halftime Sports Bar in Oakland. A couple of years back, had a lot of uh, people from uh, rappers, uh, radio personalities uh, stop by, and you know, just basically make it like a hangout, like we do when we play video games. It was a tournament, and then, you know, the winner got to play myself. And uh, we just kept rolling with that Pros vs. Jones concept to doing it online uh, with people across the country. And now, uh, now we just added more pros, and we had a 64-player successful tournament the first uh, month ago, and now we're having a pro tournament with the winner from that tournament going to participate as well. So it's just the stages that grow, I guess, from us just playing that scene in the beginning of who we are as, you know, a company and culture, and then bringing – uh, pro players with the you know the average common person from that people might not that might not look like a professional athlete but they think in the game as well at a high level so the gaming world just brings it to equality level to me <laughs> <laughs> for sure now you're playing in this tournament so i've got to figure out a little bit about you as a gamer first off are you an xbox or a playstation guy um i play either one but i prefer ps4 What's your favorite game of all time? Oh, man. Uh, I gotta say it's Madden, bro. <laughs> Madden. But what's the name? Uh, GoldenEye, man. It's up there in Mario Kart. Those are my original two. So I would go with those two and Madden. Madden's kind of evolved since the whole the graphics have changed and just become way more real. But if you want to go back to original, I would say GoldenEye and Mario Kart play those hours. I'm curious about when you mentioned the graphics in Madden. You're in the game. How do you feel about their depiction of you? Uh, they used to they used to do me right. They used to do me right. Considerably that I didn't start or anything out, but Madden gave me a lot of potential. I was fast. And they used to let me go in there and do my thing. Now they just treat me like a scrub. So. <laughs> I don't even play with myself no more. I'm just being honest. They don't even do me right no more. They got me slow on there and everything. So it used to be good, though. But now I don't even take notice. (laughs) (laughs) I got to make my player better. Well, outside of your rating in Madden, if you could change one thing about the game, what would it be? I would just say interceptions, man. I think the interceptions are a little bit outrageous. Guys sit in certain spots and they just kind of, you know, pick it off. 
Um, I think they have they have they have more trajectory things in there. We can make a touch pass and bullet throw, but I just think the interceptions are a little outrageous. That's what I would say. These defensive players don't got the ball skills that Matt give them in real life. Yeah. A lot of you guys can't play the ball. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they play defense. Well, <laughs> yeah, in all of these years of you playing Madden, is there one team that you've enjoyed playing with more than any other? No. I think I, I, I kind of ride with the game because the gameplay switches up a little bit every year what they allow and what's effective. But uh, I was a huge Michael Vick fan when he was on there in the Atlanta days. I could play, I'll play you all day with that. <laughs> Heck yeah, me too. That was... Everybody did. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone knew if you wanted to win, just go 0-4 Mike Vick and you're good. For real. What team are you going to be playing with in the tournament? I'm going to match up. I think okay. uh, this year's game is big. So I feel confident in the game enough so I can play with anybody. But it's more about matching up with the opponent, who they playing with. Uh, you know, a lot of people try to use the same teams, especially because we're not really making a move on the team, so you can play with whoever you want. That's what I noticed in the 64 tournament. Yeah, a lot of guys playing with the Niners uh, in Seattle and Baltimore. It was just kind of those teams. A couple people play with Dallas just over and over and over. So I'm going to just match it up. Who's your favorite Madden player of all time outside of yourself? Oh, Mike Vick. Okay. And Lamar Jackson now. Lamar Jackson is unreal. They make him fumble too much. That's the only thing I don't like about it. Because mm. he don't fumble in real life. Right. <laughs> but Madden, <laughs> I guess, because to try to make him stoppable, I guess they make him fumble. He fumbled way too much on the game. I'm wondering, you're in a position that almost all of us could never imagine being in to where you have been actually in the Madden game without having to create your own player. What was it like the first time you flipped on Madden and you scrolled onto your team and saw yourself? Well, it was, it was, a, it was like winning a, winning a championship. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't just that good of a feeling. And I actually was really good. Like my rookie year, they had me ice with it. I had won, I had won a couple Madden tournaments with the Bucks when I was a rookie. But no, uh, that was like, that was just like, man, a bucket list for real. Like, just like making it to the NFL, getting your name, dra- getting your name called on draft day for someone like who plays the game and always created players, created teams, created everything to see yourself on there and just be you. Like, I thought that was dope. I thought I couldn't, nothing could beat that. <laughs> What's your biggest or your favorite Madden victory? My favorite Madden victory? Ooh. I would say the first time I won a franchise Super Bowl because I was playing for a few years, about three, four years, and I just could not win. It was kind of frustrating being a quarterback and losing to guys over and over. But like once I figured out, you know, once I stepped my game up and I figured out how to really be a dog in the game, be competitive with it, and I won my first Super Bowl. That was probably my best accomplishment in the gaming world. Do you ever think that playing Madden has helped you develop as a player or helped you in the game in real life? Yeah, just the mental aspect, for sure. 
uh, the mental reps. Uh, th I, that was one thing I always struggled with early in my career, trying to find more ways to mentally challenge myself without actually getting the physical reps that you used to getting, which is the most effective. But when you're a backup, you got to get creative in how you, you know, get yourself better. And I think with Madden, just a, a defensive recognition, understanding the looks where you want to run the ball or maybe check to a run or pass. I think like just being on that consistently, I know it helped train my mind to think faster in these situations to be able to control the line of scrimmage. I know I use Madden for that for sure. Well, being of your status, an NFL player for 12 years, I'm sure that you've met and probably played Madden with a lot of people that are very famous and maybe we've heard of. I'm curious, who is the most famous person that you've beat in a Madden game? Uh, Uncle Snoop. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, Uncle Snoop. We got, we got down early and uh, Madden term actually beat him on myself. That was probably the biggest name I ever, but he get out now. He get out on this next time. <laughs> Now, what do you think traditional sports can learn from esports and the environment that's been created lately and the excitement behind it? I think, I think honestly, man, I feel like they're starting to line them up with each other. I feel like, um, what I, 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 um, I know they can use. I know I like our approach and what we're doing with pros versus Joes. I think that's a good angle um, because you kind of, you know, you get a lot of people who talk it but they can't walk it because they're old or body won't allow them to. But I think, you know, esports allows you know, bring the playing field a little equal. But I, I, I honestly can't answer that question. Like, I think they're learning from each other, honestly, what I see. Now, recently, there have been headlines in the past year or a couple of years of these esports tournaments. Sometimes it's been Fortnite or other games, but bringing in a lot of money and a lot of prize money. For you in the Ultimate Gaming League, now the industry is growing, so what plans or what steps are you taking forward to try to build on this momentum that gaming seems to have right now? Uh, we want to do uh, we want to do a few things outside of uh, having our tournaments, which we'll be known for bringing the culture together. We also want to you know uh, grow partnerships with not only athletes but the whole community. Create opportunity through partnerships for streamers. Uh, create opportunity for athletes who want to expand their brand in the esports world because we now we have the ability to partner with anybody we want to as well as even in the music world uh we we uh doing doing things what we call lounges with different uh artists that's in the game space as so they can engage fans from the esport level as well so uh and that's just all online and then uh once the covid once we figure out what covid will allow getting back in person and doing our pop-ups uh, activating our our youth lounges and our adult lounges again um, to get and also you know being able to educate the kids on how to grow in this esports space because there's so many different variables that play into it outside of just gaming and streaming uh, production um, uh, dealing with uh, talent uh, dealing with PR like uh, dealing with social media all those different things I think kids can use as tools to help them in life and uh we can just use you know gaming as a carrot to bring them in but also to teach them more you know definitely for you if you could play madden against anybody in the world who would it be the player who just won the madden championship series that didn't run the ball i mean i didn't throw the ball at all wow i want to play him <laughs> <laughs> now what would you do to beat him i'm gonna stop his run game <laughs> <laughs> That sounds like it would work. Hell yeah, I want to see. Okay. I want to stop it. I want to stop it. 
he didn't run the ball out. I mean, he didn't pass the ball one time. I got to see. Yeah, you got to give it your look. For you, you're working with the UGL, of course, and putting a lot of time in there. You just had that great stint in the XFL that we talked about at the beginning. On the field, after 12 years in the NFL and everything you've gone through on the field, what's next for you? Well, I mean, I'm still pursuing opportunity in football. I mean, I was on the roster to start the beginning of the season last year, so I don't think my career is over. I just got to wait for the opportunity. But all that's kind of up in the air right now based on the pandemic. And then, you know, just uh, being an entrepreneur, man, uh, being the president of the foundation, well, we got a strong team. Uh, starting with my sister, uh, who runs like the day to day operations as ED. And then, uh, got a clothing line, family first, uh, clothing line. Feel me that, you know, we do high end fashion. We sell at different retail stores across the country, um, such as like Pure in Atlanta. Uh, Neiman Marcus, uh, has sold some of our product in which we had an iceberg collab. And then UGL. So those are kind of my entrepreneurial lanes right there. And then I just focused on my family and just growing as a person and just doing right within my community. I think that takes up enough time between that and football and being an entrepreneur and a family man right now for me. Definitely, yeah. We know your career is definitely not over. So how do you negotiate through a period in free agency where you've got a COVID pandemic, you've got a lot going on? So how do you negotiate to try to get back on the field whenever the NFL does come back? I'm just staying ready. For the, I mean, I, I mean, being on so many different teams, getting released, I mean, even though it sucks, it has kind of trained me for, you know, situations like this to know how to keep myself ready. Um, and just, just in case somebody get a call, and I know it's going to come, somebody's going to need a quarterback for sure that's experienced and come in there and know what they're doing. So I'm just be ready for that opportunity and just doing what I do every year. I've done this now for the past four or five years, just staying ready not being on the roster day one, but just being ready. And uh, it's worked out for me so far. So I'm just keep keep staying focused and controlling what I can control and, and let everything go. You know, let God handle it. Well, Josh, that's all the questions I had. Thank you for your time. All right, big dog. Appreciate you. Coming up next, I'll be talking with former Philadelphia Eagles linebacker who also played in the AAF and XFL, Quinton Goss. It was intriguing hearing Quinton talk about the two spring leagues and some of the guys he played with, like Johnny Manziel, and also being coached by Mike Singletary, who happened to be one of his idols. That concludes this episode of The Luke Winstall Show. I'm Luke Winstall. Thank you all for tuning in.